Hello, and welcome to Arms of the Tide. I'm Quinn Welsh Wilson, facilitator. Before we get started this week, I wanted to cover two quick things. First, I wanted to thank Stud Muffin 10 for their very kind and generous five-star rating and review over on iTunes. It means a lot to us, and each and every one of those helps get the word about us out to more new listeners. Second, I wanted to let you all know that if you're interested in my own work in gaming, that there's a Kickstarter going on right now for the Orpheus Protocol by Rob Stith. You may have heard anyone from the cast of Arms of the Tide guesting on Orpheus Protocol at different times, and Joe is even a regular on that podcast right now. Rob is currently kickstarting a full edition of the rules of the game used for that show, and I am on there as a stretch goal. The book is already funded, so if you're interested in an amazing, innovative horror system, and I can confidently say that Orpheus is one of the best I've ever had the pleasure of getting to play. If you'd like to help see me be able to contribute to that, check it out. There will be a link in the show notes. With all that said and done, let's get the show started. I'm Chanel and I'm playing Cleo. I'm Joe and I'm playing Lions. I'm John, and I am playing local. Last time on Arms of the Tide. Lions, Cleo, and Local 134 made their meeting with the robot Triscad, whom, through an earlier job, they put into a precarious situation in regard to information security at Car Technologics. She shared all of the information she had about a security cluster of which she was a part and which was compromised by the crew's earlier job, leaving them with the uncomfortable task of seeking out and laying the blame for an information breach to someone not guilty of the crime. Now armed with the information, where would this take them? You have decided that the first of the four employees in Triscod's security clearance group that you're going to investigate is Gondu, who works operational security for Ka Technologics. They are a dove, and that is basically what you know of them. How is it that you are seeking to either learn more about them or to establish contact? So we're going to look up Gondu on Coggle and look at the places that they frequent and some of their interests, places that they've checked in before, and go from there and see what we can find in those locations anywhere that comes up more frequently. So go ahead and give me a hunt roll. As per usual, you can spend stress to push yourself. Six. It's six. Between the information that you already have, Cleo's storied history as a private investigator and general coggle foo you have a pretty comprehensive list of the kind of life that gondu seems to lead they seem to spend a lot of time between work and their home they also take frequent trips down to a bingo hall where they seem to spend a lot of time, and that is also adjacent to a Caught Technologics-owned gambling hall. They also seem like they like to take a morning walk, where they do a small circuit around their neighborhood, but based on the information metrics that you're able to pull, they seem to move really quite slow. So, what 
are you going to do with that information? Are you going to have a conversation with your friends about it? Hey, gang. Hey, Cleo. What do you guys feel about going to a bingo hall? B-I-N-G-O. B-I-N-G-O. I know how to spell bingo. Let's go. Okay, I've never been to a gambling place. Mm. You don't gamble on bingo, you sing. No, you gamble in bingo. What sort of bingo is this? The gambling bingo. That's not how we play in Ostal. I need to look at this weird AO bingo. I think you guys are just calling it the wrong thing. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm, we'll see about that. Smash cut to the red carpet of the bingo hall. Cleo is wearing yet another disguise. What is this disguise? This disguise is a young man with a uh, hot body. <laughs> sure, hot body. I was going to say a mustache that looks a lot like, um, what's the guy who does Family Feud? Steve Harvey? Uh, Steve Harvey mustache. Just like a curly old caterpillar? Curly old caterpillar. and Or the devil's horseshoe? There's a nice fro on Cleo's head, and she dons a uh, jean overall set with some nice, vibrant yellow shirt underneath. Very 70s Soul Train looking. The name is Duke. Duke. Okay, so you are here in fashion at the bingo hall. Red carpet, yeah. How has everyone else prepared themselves for the bingo hall? I am going in disguise as local 74. Any particular aesthetic changes or just the identifying number? <laughs> just the number. Perfect. Hastily scribbled out and rewritten. <laughs> How do you even... <laughs> it's just a Why? little post-it note over the number that now says seven. Lines is wearing a onesie that has more feline features. And so they are basically a wolf dressed like a cougar. Perfect. You enter the bingo hall and you can hear the smooth voice of the bingo slinger over the PA. The next number is C7. C7. The next number is C7. This is not how we play bingo in a stall. There's no C in bingos. Hey, baby, I got bingo. <laughs> Just kidding, I haven't got my bingo card yet. Basically, the interior of this building is very fancy but gauche. It is sort of pretending that they know what sensible decor and, like, high society is. Um, the bingo hall is to bingo halls as the Cheesecake Factory is to the illusion of wealth. <laughs> Good. So there is someone in basically, like, a tuxedo at the bingo counter and it is on sort of a raised dais that then drops down into the hall below where there are a bunch of people at basically casino style tables sitting with their bingo cards and at the end of that there is an elevated stage where there is a whole song and dance going around this bingo interaction the woman behind the counter greets you Hello, and welcome to the bingo hall. How can I help you today? Hey there, I'd like to just get a card if I could. Well, of course, uh, you've got to pay up front, though, if you want to play the game. That's going to be 150 script. Duke slides the 150 script without an issue. Ah, high roller. And she pulls a card out that is eight across and eight down. Like it is like the size of a chessboard, this bingo card. And she hands it over. I think a chessboard is eight by eight, is it? Who cares? I'm a fucking dumbass. I don't know. <laughs> Duke takes the chessboard. 
And are the two of you going to be playing, or are you just watching for fun? We're watching for fun. I'm in from out of town and interested in your concept of bingo. I am merely here to make sure that everything goes smoothly. All right. Well, then, for your observer's fee, I'm going to need 100 script cumulatively. That's 50 each. You might as well just buy a card, baby. No, because that would be 200 more script total. Lions. It's $100 more per person. Yeah, that is. I appreciate your facility with basic math. (laughs) Lions grumbles a little and then, like, rubs their harness, which is actually on the outside of their onesie against local, so local can get the script out of their little backpack. And local hands over 200. 54 lions and 154 local. He'll get a card. Okay. That's two high rollers and an observer, and she pulls out another one of these enormous bingo cards and gingerly hands it to you. Now, what do I do if that man starts calling C numbers again? Calling C numbers? Well, the board, you'll see. And she pulls a third one out and lays it down on the counter in front of you, is labeled along the top alphabetically from A to the eighth letter of the alphabet. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) Oh, shit. Which I believe you'll find is H. Meanwhile, lengthwise, you'll find that they are numbered numerically from one to to eight. So, in the example that you might have experienced where the number C7 was called, you would simply fill in the C7 square. Yeah, but then if it's called bingo and there ain't no N in it, that don't make no sense, baby. Here's the thing. It may seem to you that identical configurations are going to be present on everyone's board. However, you'll find that every three rounds, the filled-in tiles on your board automatically shuffle around. If at any point you should manage to create an arrangement of eight consecutive filled-in spaces, then you have gained the right to call Bingo! Okay, Um, It's because, unlike Bingo as it is practiced in some other places, we backload our Bingo here in AO with the O's. Is this a suitable explanation of the rules for you? Yes, thank you. I'd like to leave now. Everything makes sense, and nothing is confusing. Thank you. Good. I know how Bingo works. And you are promptly escorted to a table by one of the people here who seems to be working security, also wearing basically a fancy tux. The next number is H. One. H. Got one! Y'all ever got one before? Everyone in the bingo hall seems to (laughs) silently nod (laughs) as Duke begins to make a scene. So... I'm curious because I surely didn't come to this table today prepared to play a full game of bingo. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you didn't. How is it that you are hoping to get a bead on Gondu in the gambling? Well, we're going to wait until Gondu gets bingo. (laughs) Um, So Duke is going to use their technically Cleo's eyebrow piercing, which is like a little computer system. They're going to search for Gondu's IPN address, which is attached to their phone that they have in their pocket and use it kind of like a GPS, which they've taken from the 
Coggle. You pop out the computer, it runs the calculations, and you find that Gondu is seated at a table diagonally up to the left of you, about five or six tables, and he is seated alone at this table except for the company of one other Dov, who seems to be whispering something frantically into his ear. I'm thinking to sit at the same table. All right, so you come, you sit down, and the Dov who was whispering in Gondu's ear turns as the three of you sit down. Uh, looks like we've got some uh, friends sitting down at the table today. <laughs> Lovely to see you. You betcha, baby. Now, I'm a little bit new here, but uh, I could use a few pointers. Oh, of course. My name's Maligan. I'm always happy to give people some advice. And he seems to sort of rub his fins together in anticipation. So, what are you all's names? I'm Duke. I'm 74. I'm Labradors. All right, so Duke, 73 and Labrador. This one here is my hatchling. Labradors, there's an S at the end. Labradors, I'm sorry I got a little bit too excited wanting to introduce you to my child here, Gondu. And he slaps Gondu on their back. Um, hi. Hi, Gondu, I've got a son for myself. He's seven. Oh, I'm, um, I'm 32. Nice. Yeah, and nice to meet you. Say, kid like you, you should be out having fun with your friends. Why are you here with your dad? Um, well, this is um, how I spend a lot of my time. Uh, you know, me and dad, well, he's at the point where he might not want me to say it, but he needs a little bit of extra care and attention, and I'm the only one left in the family to do it, so... Sure, that's cute, know. that's cute, I am mad at it. Same way when I was uh, in an egg, he carried me in his feet. I, I have to carry it. In his now. feet? Yeah. You know how male dove tend to carry the eggs to keep them warm? Is that what he told you? <laughs> Look, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but we should stop playing bingo. We, we should start or stop? I didn't quite catch you there. Start! Yeah, we're just waiting for the next number to be called. Me too. Duke, what is it that you do? You seem to be the liveliest character here. Sure, baby. I do everything. Everything? I'm a jack-off of all trades. A jack-off of all trades, you said? Yeah. Any particular trades you jack Mediocre off particularly all of them well? at best. Excuse me, I didn't I'll hear you. I'll fix the car. I'll, you know, dance for a bride's wedding day. I do a lot of things. I do dishes. I cook. I clean. Uh, sometimes I work on computer stuff. I do security work. Sometimes I hide Easter eggs for rich families during Easter egg time. And then I, sometimes I'm a bartender. I'm a stripper. I also dabble in a little bit of jujitsu, and uh, you know what? I, I make sandwiches. Oh, sandwiches! Now there's a thing I can get into. Oh, everybody. Next does. number is. A four. Woohoo! What hot dog? Look at that. I got two now. Y'all got two now? And you hear a whooshing and then a beeping sound as the bingo boards in front of Gondu and Mulligan reorder themselves and shuffle around. Oh, I thought I was going to get it that time. Anyway, what's this about sandwiches? I make them and I eat them. I've also joined quite a few uh, horse races, dove races, and uh, what are you, you dove races? You never seen I, 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 dove ex- run? 
I can run. I'm. I, we're, we're both capable of that if we we need to. Just... Yeah, some people are passionate about running. We don't have horses in the setting. Yeah, I know. It's just people running. It's track and field, baby. People bet on track and field. People do bet on track and field. Is that mostly what you do? Is Are those things that you do in a gambling capacity? No. The stripping and the cleaning? Mm-mm. Hiding the the geister eggs. Oh, that do yeah yeah. That's a, ga- a gambling thing. No, I just do them as a day to day job. I like to gamble on Duke's stripping. Seventy four likes to gamble on my stripping. It doesn't get him that much money, but you know he do what he do. What kind of gamble do you make? I'm I don't understand. Oh, hold on now, hold on, Gondu. Close close your mouth. Daddy knows a thing or two about strip betting. I bet I know I know it as soon as I sat down. You still got it, don't you? Oh, I still I do for sure. You know, yeah. there's a, a concept in strip betting where it's about knowing what your opponent knows mm-hmm. and assuming that they know what you know and what they and then, want and predicting yeah. the move that they're going to make mm-hmm. and knowing the appropriate counter for that move and potentially a counter counter yeah. or a counter 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 it's called yomi yeah i find that very yomi so i know a thing or two about strip betting uh, i know a thing or two about it. betting on horse races i know a thing or two about betting on dove races D- dad you you probably shouldn't maybe maybe it's time that we pack up and we, we go home dad but your dad was so close. Yeah. Yeah, your dad almost got it. You got to stay. I mean, it's 150 script a card. Uh, it's Can't just, let a card go to waste. It's getting a little bit late, and I, I have um I've work in the morning, and I need to make sure that... So you know, where'd you work, boy? You know, it, it doesn't really matter that much. Oh, we're all just sharing information. Y'all know where I work. I think it's only fair. I mean, I know what your daddy did, so... Go ahead and give me a sway roll. Let me sway you, baby. That's a five. All right. So a five is a partial success. Um, well, I, I work at, um, I work at COD Technologics. Yeah. Always going on about their work over there. It sounds like a bunch of crock of boring hooey. I had a friend who used to work there. Oh. Worked him to death. What, to death? Yeah. I saw him die at his keyboard. That sounds, that sounds like bullshit. No. That sounds like absolutely. I got bullshit. pictures. You have pictures. Yeah. Okay. Can't show you though. You want to make a bet? Mm, why? I bet that you don't have those pictures. Leo actually has a staged picture of someone, just a stock photo of someone <laughs> with their head down on their computer. Nah, you don't want to see it. It's fine. I'm not the betting okay. type. I'm just what? the no. gambling type. Oh uh, well, you want to make a gamble? Hey, this bingo is child's play. It's all they let me do anymore. But it's child's play. Gondo here is keeping me down. And Papa's ready to go big. Fine, you want to see a dead body? No, no, no. We're escalating this. You want to step outside? All right, fine. Do you want to step outside and make a real fucking bet? Yeah. Like a real goddamn man? We're going to take our clothes off? You want to you take this to the stripping place? We can take this to the stripping place. As long as I get to pick my music. Smash cut to the back alley. <laughs> <laughs> so you are in the back alley. There's the faint sound of music coming from inside the bingo hall. And you can hear shouts and cheers as well as from the more general gambling hall that is next door. There's also quiet rustling of mice rummaging through the trash back here. And... Gondu is sitting back reservedly trying to like pull on the suit jacket of Maligan saying like we don't need to do we can go home 
please, I can't, I can't afford to do this, Dad. I've Dad, danced I really, in worse places. I can't, please. No, 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 no. You, you gotta understand a thing or two about what it's like to be an adult in this world. And that means putting everything on the line for what matters. That means putting everything down on the line. Do you understand me, kid? Uh, I, I, I do, but, um, I'm, I'm the one who has to suffer the, the, con- the consequences, Dad. Um, you don't work, Dad. It's my money, Dad. I bet you ten grand that I can dance and strip your fucking head off. Just blow your fucking world apart. Now, who gets to judge this? Because we only got three people out here. I thought there were five of us. Well, I can't judge on my own, and y'all can't judge on your own. Okay, you know what? I've got a contact. If you want me to call this in, I can call this in. They're well-versed in the technical rules of strip gambling. You know what, baby? I'll take you right here right now. We don't need anyone else. You just said that we needed someone who's impartial, and he's pulling out his phone and, like, typing numbers. Get it. Local grabs Duke (laughs) and lifts them up and turns and looks back toward Gondu. I'm so sorry. Uh, Duke has a problem with these sorts of things. You understand. You clearly understand. So sorry for the trouble. Meow, meow, meow. Just let me take my pants off. God damn. And Lion starts to scamper away. Gondu is pulling at Maligan's jacket and Maligan tears free and starts running down the alley screaming, You come back here. You owe me ten big ones. You dash out of the alleyway. We cut to Cleo's office where the three of you ran as fast as you could. What is Cleo's office like? What part of town is it in? What's its general aesthetic and vibe? Cleo's office is on the opposite side of where Ka is in town. So it's drastically different in style of homes and people around it's a little more homey it's a little more mom and pop shoppy so it does make a lot of sense that people who are living their day-to-day lives do come to cleo because she is living among them and she is the closest defense that a lot of people have to getting their loved ones back to bigger companies and gangs and just things that are bigger than a lot of families that have been established in AO. Inside of Cleo's business, it has a very earthy vibe. There are pine cones with googly eyes on the inside and there is a really swanky orange couch that sits in the middle. Um, And then that's just the main room where people will sit and wait for her just outside of her office. It is generally a little dark in there. There's a lot of dark shadows and bright lights that just naturally fill the room. And since it is nighttime, there is an orange fluorescent light that kind of shines in from one of the street lights through her Venetian blinds that just looks like it's from a noir, but with vivid colors. There's also an orange neon sign that shows a mom and pop diner that gives off an opposing color of orange and green that fills the room. In her office, there is a computer, which is a bright pink color, and that just gives a pop of pink off in the distance. There are a few fake plants that are dusty, and she does not care that they look fake as fuck. 
Um, you forgot the most important detail of your office, which is the sexy foxy dame taking a long drag off a cigarette. Oh, did I? Oh, there's a photo <laughs> in Cleo's office of a sexy foxy dame taking a long drag off of a cigarette. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. <laughs> And it is in this scene, this distinctly noir-styled scene, that we see the three of you, Lyons and Cleo, out of breath, arriving from the bingo hall. Lyons plops down on the floor. (sighs) They stick their tongue out of their mouth and just breathe as they try and, like, unzip their onesie. But it's not happening until Loco can give them a hand. Cleo goes straight to their closet that's in her office, and she opens it to change. But revealed inside are a lot of other costumes, to nobody's surprise. And she starts to take her mustache off. Well, not... Framing. Gondu. Yeah. They are a handful. That poor little dove. Their father puts too much on them. <sighs> Parents are bad. <sighs> we have three other people that we can pick from. Local. Help. <laughs> Lions rolls onto their stomach and it's just like, get me out of this thing. And local unzips the onesie and helps lines out and then just walks over to a sink and fills up a small bowl with water and brings it back. Cleo bumps her hips to the music that is coming from off the distance. There's obviously lots of music that fills the air. There's probably a club nearby and she is back to a regular looking Cleo. Okay, if no one else has bad parents, they have to child sit, then maybe what we could do is look at them and do do a little more digging than just the regular old coggle search. Maybe look at who their friends on their chained in profile are and see what's up with that. And uh, if everyone's in the same situation, we'll just write them on bits of paper, put them in a hat and pick one at random. I have an idea. It's going to take a lot, but I could probably use my sign-in to briefly, very briefly search their names for criminal records. Since we're at my office, I have easier access now. Okay. So you want to put all their names into... Just the remaining three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be another hunt roll, I think. Uh, This time, Cleo will be using Coggle P, which is Coggle. For peas. Coggle, but for piss. (laughs) It's a three! Okay, a three is not great. Here's the thing. You said that if you were quick about it, basically. Mm -hmm. So what is the downside to what you're doing? To me, what I see is that she gets booted out and she does not get to use her login information again for this job. Well, I mean, for any other job, like they've found her user login and stuff that she's been using in the past under the scope. Mm -hmm. And now they've seen it as a bug and they've booted her out and deleted it. Okay. So whatever open window she was using before is now gone. Okay. So she cannot use it ever again unless she gets help from someone else to get a new backdoor entry. So that is gone, as are your coggle privileges for the next little while. So Mm -hmm. a web search is not going to be how you are able to get this next chunk of information. Well, fuck. 
So Lyons pulls up the information that they have on Isla Venui and Adelante, and they get a big map from Cleo and dig out a jar of peanut butter that they have stashed here. So that way it is free from Towson's reach. They open up the peanut butter and they dip a paw in and they scoop up a bunch of peanut butter on their paw and shove it into their mouth. And Lion stares at the information that they have and squints really hard on it and just focuses. Think, think, think. And with the information presented and with the power of peanut butter, Lyons hopes to figure out, basically like Lyons is aiming to make some educated guesses about where these people might show up and what their circumstances are more likely to be based on the information that they know about Ka, about information that's publicly available about Ka, about these people based on the information that they have about them, and also to an extent based on Paulo and and the other private investigator, uh, Maitreya. Okay, go ahead and give me a study roll. Okay, I am going to push myself, which really I'm not pushing myself. I'm just relying on the powers of peanut butter. So if anything, I should recover to stress. That's a four. A four is a partial success. You are going to have a reduced effect for this roll. You get a flash of insight about one of these people that you're able to put together, would you like to pick them or should I? You pick them. I'm going to make a luck roll. One to two, Isla. Three to four, Adelante. Four, or five to six is going to be Vanui. Vanui. So, Vanui. Based on what you know about the research apparatus at Ka, you've talked to Ashun about this at length in the past. You know about the way that that system works and the way that they engage in things like team building and building group loyalty. There is something of a college bar that they tend to bring people to after work, and it seems like that is as good a place as any to at least find someone who knows Vanui, if not find Vanui himself. So Lyons licks the last of the peanut butter off of their paw and looks to Cleo and Local. Okay. I have an idea. We should check out that college bar off of Sea Potato and Forth. Ooh, a bar. That sounds great. Good. Then let us go to a college bar and talk to people. They will open up to us because we are friendly. Uh, sure. That's why they'll open up to us. Because we're friendly. We see the flickering neon light of the bar sign here at the bar, Gorfman's Repose. And inside, there is like a pool table. There's a lot of vinyl seating. There's an old jukebox in the corner. And there's a sort of tired looking M guy sitting behind the bar, tending it. And it's pretty quiet right now. Maybe it's because it's a weeknight. Maybe it's because of the part of town that you're in. But there's just a couple of people quietly, reflectively having some drinks, including one person who matches Vanui's description, sitting in a back corner booth, 
uh, drink in one hand and their head ruffling the leaves on their head in the other. Vanui is a thin, reedy-looking M-guy with large, sad-looking eyes, wearing a patched-up, somewhat torn, button-down shirt with a notepad sitting in front of them. Cleo, uh, since you do the things where words are less bad when they leave your talking places, maybe you should do the words. Turn on the charm? <laughs> uh, maybe not that much, but you Already know. done. Oh, no. Cleo slinks over to Venui's side. She sits down and holds up two fingers for a bartender, one of the ones that walks around, to come over. As you sit down, he starts a bit. Oh, hi, hi. Hi. Do I recognize you? No, you shouldn't. Oh, okay. Um, well, hi. 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 Uh, oh, the bartender's coming. I saw you did the mm-hmm. thing. Hey, what can I get for you? Two juicy rocks, please. Ooh, juicy rocks. Totes. Your date's super cute. Thanks. <laughs> I'll get that for you right away. Um, weird. Uh, any, anyway, I... Who are you? The name's Dane. Dane. Um, nice to meet you, Dane. Everybody basically just calls me V. V, nice to meet you, V. What's your deal? Is that the question I people ask? Just, I mean, people do ask it. I was just wondering. I don't know. You were sitting at this bar by yourself in this booth, drawing without a drink at a bar. Something just called me over here. He raises the glass that his fingers are dipped into and kind of shakes it. I've got this thing right here. That's a cool hand. Well, I absorb the alcohol through the root system. You know this. I can't imagine you don't know this. I don't know why I'm explaining myself. My cousin's an M guy. Great. I'd hope that you'd know that if they weren't because... Yeah, There's just a lot no, of them guy who are probably a part of your life. No, they are. And here are your drinks. Two juicy rocks. Thank you. And the waiter gives uh, Cleo a wink. And she winks back. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm working on some stuff. She picks up V's other hand and puts it. Oh, that's kind of forceful. She'll just slide it over. Um. So what are you working on? Oh, you know, just plans. You know, thinking about the future. Are we all? Are we all? What kind of uh, what kind of plans? I'm not sure if I can say that exactly. Secret, is it okay if I ask okay. you a question first? Sure. What kind of future do you imagine for the city? I don't know. Maybe something bold, something daring, something like we've never seen it before. You know? Mm, I think I know what you're talking about. I I have some bold daring visions of my own actually and he actually puts his hand out on the table more toward yours now i've been doing a lot of thinking about infrastructure and and about safety and like what's roads more like water treatment oh. and that sort of thing that's cool and i've been i've been crunching a lot of numbers and i think that the most bold innovative never before seen in the city kind of thing that we can do is radically reorganize the water purification and filtration infrastructure in such a way that we don't have people living there anymore. There's the potential for loose radiation to impact people because of the way that the catalyst resonates with the metal that does the water purification. We've seen an increased trend in birth defects amongst the people who live near these facilities, and I don't think that we can continue to live in a city that puts its citizens in that kind of danger. Do you hear what I'm talking about? No, I hear you. I hear you. And she snaps her fingers. You're preaching to the choir. Lions, like, puts a paw on local. He's smart. 
I know because I'm smart. I like those ideas. I like ideas that mean that the people are born healthier. You hear those people whispering over there? Yeah. It <laughs> just Mogul turns around because they're sitting in the booth right behind him. <laughs> I like your ideas. Thank you. I'm I'm not at a place where I can do anything about them yet, but I think that if I push hard and I really put my nose down to the grindstone, I can get there in a couple of years. Doesn't it just suck feeling helpless, small, like you have these ideas bubbling out of you, but you, you don't have enough manpower to do it? Yeah, I do. That's exactly how I'm feeling right now. I'm only a research assistant, and I have all these big ideas, and I know that they can make the city better, but I'm on a track that's going to take me three to four years to get to the point where I might be able to make a proposal for this sort of thing, and I have to dance around all the red tape at Ka to get anything even halfway past. They're probably not going to like something like this. It's... Whoa, you work at Ka? I mean, this part of town, who doesn't? <laughs> well, thing that sucks about that is they're only out here doing the worst for the people. What do you mean by that? Well, who do you think uh, set up those water treatment facilities in the poorer parts of town? Who oh, are if you, you guys two, are going to be engaging in a conversation with us, maybe you should come over to this booth. Yeah, can you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Dane, thanks. <laughs> I don't know who you guys are. <laughs> thanks, Dane. <laughs> nice to meet you, Dane. I am Great Danes. That's interesting. Our names sound alike. No, they're very different because mine is great and there are many of me. It still has the same consonants. Mm, no. Okay. I fine. think that we're losing sight of the important things. No, you're right. I, I'm 134. Nice to meet you, 134. I would like to give you this pamphlet. And he gives one of the robot rights pamphlets to Vanui. Oh, interesting. Interesting stuff. I think that if we join together, all people join together, we can make a difference in this city. You, you've got me thinking a little bit. You, you were talking about Great Danes. You know, who set up those water treatment facilities? And the answer to that question is pretty obvious. Oops. Ka owns the city. Ka does everything here. And you talk about people coming together. And you talk about not having enough manpower. And I feel like I'm just on the, the verge of an idea. I think you on are, On the too. verge of, of the precipice of, of something, and I, I can't put my finger on it. I can't put my finger on it, and it's... Maybe if there was just a way to bring together people with like ideas in a, a harmonious union... Mm, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. It's does does somebody want to give me like a sway roll or something? <laughs> oh, okay. I make this roll and we lose our potential friend. I rolled today, guys. If you want, you could take a devil's bargain to get another die. Vanui's obviously right on the cusp of an idea, and based on everything that you know so far. He seems like he might be sympathetic to the cause. Maybe if you put a name to it, then he'd be uh, a little bit closer to that conclusion. Just the bartender might overhear. I got a five. Do you want to go ahead and uh, give me that push in narrative sense? Lions puts their paws on the table and reaches out. Sure, not to touch Vanui and says... You know, I hear that the arms of Tide are bringing change. The arms of Tide? The arms of the Tide. I don't 
know the arms of the tide. Can you tell me a little thing or two about them? They believe in change. Mm. And not just the kind left over from your paychecks at Ka after they take a bunch for taxes. Real change. Structural change. That's for the better of the people. Structural change. For the better of the people. I like the idea of that. It just seems risky. Ka surely wouldn't like me getting affiliated with something like this. Ka doesn't like anyone. Maybe they don't, but they sign my paychecks. It makes for success when bigger companies are scared of the things that you're going to do. Mm. If they find you threatening, then maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, but are the Arms of the Tide the kind of people who are bringing together all sorts of people for communal action? Yes, they bring together human M-Guy, Robot, Dov, we all come together. We all work for good over profit. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm interested, but can I, um, can, can I tell you a, a secret? Yes? I, I really appreciate what you shared with me, and he puts a hand on his chest and leans in. I think I might be interested, but I was supposed to meet someone here tonight, and we were supposed to talk about some things. And he points at his chest again. And the people who were interested in that meeting might have heard what you were talking about. I'm wearing a wire. <laughs> and Cleo... <laughs> Cleo splashes her drink, the juicy rocks on Venui's chest, and hopes for the best. Can I make a roll for that, baby? Mm, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to destroy or malfunction that fucking chest piece. I'm pretty sure that that qualifies as unleashing destructive force, so you can make a wreck roll. Okay. Ah! How many dots do you have in wreck? Numb dots. <laughs> Zero dots, so you roll, roll two, two and, and take the lower. lower. Give me two sixes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no! <laughs> I rolled a one. Two things happen in pretty rapid succession. The drink splashes, but it goes a little high and splashes on Venui's face. Oh, no! He's wiping at his eyes, and he's like, This is gonna go straight into my system. Oh no! I'm so sorry! And the back door of the bar slams open as two people in Ka Technologics security uniforms roll in and shout, Freeze! Thank you so much for listening to Arms of the Tide. If you'd like more information about the show, please feel free to follow us on Twitter at Arms of the Tide. Mutants in the Night is a game by DC. And you can purchase it and DC's other games at dungeoncommander.itch.io. That's Commander without the E. Our theme music is by Aaron Catano Saez, and our logo is by Alex Marin. Arms of the Tide is a member of the One Shot Podcast Network. For more amazing content from the network, check out All My Fantasy Children. Each week, Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer take a listener submitted prompt and using some of their favorite tabletop RPGs, create an original fantasy character. Along the way, they share laughs, stories, verbal hugs, and populate a shared universe. 
one story at a time.